is the Cloud Now Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud on Out podcast. My name is Andreas. And my name is Michael. We are two brothers focusing 100% on AWS. Every other week, one of us prepares the topic of the podcast. The topic is not known to the other one, which makes it a surprise to me this week. So what is the topic of this week, Michael? This time we talk about AWS Backup. I did a deep dive into the service to create a review of the service. Um, but before we start with the review, um, I want to give you an introduction to uh, AWS Backup. So I think that AWS Backup aims to become the centralized place for managing backups in AWS. If possible, AWS Backup uses existing features to create backups. For example, if you are using RDS, then AWS Backup triggers RDS snapshots. But sometimes AWS Backup is the only way to create a backup. And the example here is the EFS file system at the moment. As always with AWS services, there is a specific terminology that they use, and this is what I'm going to introduce next. So first, um, they start with backups, and sometimes they refer to them as recovery points as well. So this is a little bit confusing in the beginning. And those backups are stored in vaults. So um, a vault is kind of a, a, a safe place to store backups, and there is an interesting feature um, that means that you cannot delete a vault as long as it contains backups, which I find very useful. For example, if you uh, manage uh, your vaults in CloudFormation, you cannot accidentally delete all your backups because the vault cannot be deleted if there's a backup inside. That sounds great. So um, which data sources does AWS Backup support? Um, yes, so that's a good question. Um, at the moment, um, it supports DynamoDB tables, um, EFS file systems, as I mentioned, EBS volumes, RDS databases, not Aurora, and storage gateway. Okay, so there are a bunch of data sources that are not supported yet, but might follow in the future, right? Yes, I hope so. Um, and there are a few interesting data sources that are not supported. So, for example, I really would like to see a way to back up smaller S3 buckets, um, also complete EC2 instances, and then there's more niche services like Elasticsearch and, and Redshift and stuff like this that's missing, yeah. Mm. Okay, even if uh, some of them already support snapshotting, but they are not integrated into AWS Backup yet. Yes, exactly. But I think that's just a question of, of time yeah, to integrate this. Um, yeah, so um, let me continue with the um, terminology um, here. To actually define when backups happen, you create a so-called backup plan and you define um, like cron job uh, when backups are triggered. You can also define a lifecycle policy here, which, mean the, which means that after a certain amount of days, backups get deleted. And that's um, a pretty uh, interesting feature. For example, um, if you're using DynamoDB tables, this was not possible before. RDS uh, supported it, but not most of the other services. So this is a really a big benefit that we get. Um, yeah, and then there's a very niche uh, kind of feature and it works similar to KMS key policies. It's called um, a vault policy, where you can control on the vault with a policy um, who is allowed to interact with uh, the vault, for example, who is allowed to delete um, backups and things like this. So this is kind of interesting. Okay, so this is a, this is a resource-based policy, correct? Exactly, yes. So it, it only applies to the vault um, and it lives with the vault. So if you delete the vault and the policy is also gone, 
what it, the use case that that makes a lot of sense is to kind of deny um, the deletion of backups for everyone. Um, you could, of course, also do this with STPs. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can just on a organization level uh, prevent that anyone deletes backups. Um, I think that would make even more sense because the uh, the, the vault policy can be changed. So uh, you have to make sure that uh, not everyone has rights to do that and then it gets complicated. Yeah, so that's kind of the uh, introduction to AWS Backup. And you also talked about the supported data sources. And um, one interesting thing here is that um, AWS Backup has something called cold storage, which is much cheaper than the normal backup storage. And it's, I mean, at the beginning, I thought, okay, this is very useful. I could use it for everything. Um, the point is it only works with EFS file systems. So the cold storage is, is only supported um, if you backup EFS file systems, not for all the other services. So that was kind of disappointing, um, but yeah, I think that's okay. Okay, um, so the next thing that I try to figure out is how I can restore the backups. And um, for most of the services that um, just integrate with um, the data source service, for example, RDS, you create an RDS snapshot and then you can work with the snap this snapshot like with every other snapshot, except you cannot delete it. You can only delete it through AWS Backup. So if you want to restore, you basically create, an a, create a new database instance from this snapshot and then it works. And this would also work with CloudFormation because you can restore um, a database instance from a snapshot with CloudFormation. But this does not work with EFS. So if you want to restore EFS, then things get a little bit more complicated um, because it's not integrated into CloudFormation. So there is no way to restore from snapshot um, an EFS file system. So that's kind of annoying because you have to come up with your own automation here. So yeah, that's something that I figured out what is not um, like perfect um, yet. Okay, so what else is important when doing AWS backups? Um, yeah, so I also looked a little bit into the uh, consistency guarantees that the different backups provide. Um, so let's start with storage gateway and RDS. So here we get um, consistent backups. So um, for RDS, um, the backup interacts with the database engine. So it is ensured that all the um, pending changes or all the cache changes in the operating system are flushed to disk before the actual uh, snapshot is triggered. So that's fine. But um, for EBS and EFS, I mean, we can specify the point uh, in time where the backup job starts. But this does not mean that the actual snapshot is triggered at the exact same time. So we don't really know when the snapshot uh, API call is made by AWS backup. And for EBS volumes that are mounted, uh, we don't have a chance to flush all the changes to disk uh, before the backup is triggered. So usually on Linux, you do this with the SS FS freeze command, FS freeze minus F uh, to freeze the um, um, the device and that this will flush all the changes to disk and will also make sure that there's no, uh, there are no um, changes allowed at the moment. So everything is kind of paused uh, for a while. Then you take the snapshot and then you unfreeze the volume and then you have a consistent backup and that's not possible with AWS backup. So the problem here is that um, the operating system is actually not aware that a backup is happening and that means it might not have written all the files and all the bits and bytes to the to the storage um, so that we get a, um, yeah, a consistent snapshot. So AWS calls this always uh, a crash consistent snapshot. So it's a snapshot that is has the same consistency as if you just pull out um, the power from your machine. So yeah, something is written to the disk, but uh, it might be a corrupt file or something like that in, in rare 
um, cases. Yeah, so you cannot really rely on the consistency here. Yeah, so that that's that's exactly the case. Um, so yeah, this is something that you have to. I mean, you have to uh, consider it. Um, it. It is might not be a problem for you, but it's it's still something that you have to keep in mind. Yeah, it probably has been the same with other backup solutions in the past. So because all backup solutions have that problem that when they do. Uh, backups on a block storage or storage level um, then yeah you just have crash consistency but not full consistency of your backup yeah so that that's correct but i think in the past we always had the option to kind of for example run the fs freeze command in front of the uh, snapshot call and it, that's not possible with aws backup so i don't see how we can fix that with aws backup so at the moment it, it seems to, to be impossible um, which is uh, kind of yeah not not a good solution i think okay um so, okay, the last data source um, um, that I want to talk about is DynamoDB. And with DynamoDB, it's a little bit more tricky uh, to make a, a snapshot. And this is also tricky for the like the native way of making backups with DynamoDB. And where we also have this um, uh, like rare weak consistency guarantees. Um, so basically, there's only the guarantee that the single item is consistent, but we don't have consistency across all the items. So, um, yeah, that's kind of... I think that's kind of the the nature of the distributed uh, DynamoDB uh, store, but it's 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 again something that you have to consider. And then finally, um, also something that a lot of people kind of forget is that even if you make a backup at the same point in time in your backup plan, for example, you have a DynamoDB table and an RDS table, and you make a backup of both of them, the backups will not be consistent uh, of two data sources because those two data sources don't talk with each other, and it's not not possible to have a consistent backup across multiple data sources. So that's also something that you have to keep in mind. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then I was also looking for notifications uh, because, um, you know, we, we have this Marbot um, Slack chatbot where you can just send AWS uh, alerts to and then it propagates them into um, across your team. So I looked into the notification service to see how we can integrate this. And at the beginning, I thought, okay, how is it possible that I cannot get any information about failures? Because the, the backup, uh, the events, uh, the, the notification events are, for example, they are named backup job completed. And it, I mean, at the beginning, I, I wasn't sure if this is really including failures. But then someone on, on Reddit actually figured out that backup job completed um, could contain failed uh, backups as well as expired backups as well as uh, successful backups. So it, it's actually there. It's not obvious, but it's it's there. Um, so we, so you, de you definitely should subscribe to those um, notifications over SNS um, in case something is not working. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the uh, like all the input that I have for you. And then uh, finally, I was um, creating a so-called service maturity table. So the idea is that uh, over time, we can generate this kind of table for multiple AWS services. So I started with AWS Backup. And we have different criteria, and then I, I rate it on a score from 0 to 10 how mature this feature is or this criteria. Um, and the first criteria is feature completeness. And I think that we can um, kind of score AWS Backup A4 here because there are so many data sources that are not supported. Um, so I cannot really provide more than 40% of feature completeness for AWS Backup. So there's a long way to go for them. Mm -hmm. The good news is that um, we have support for tags from the beginning, which is very nice for, I mean, grouping things and, and also for billing. Um, we have CloudFormation and Terraform support at the moment. So this is um, available. So when you start using it, you can uh, use your infrastructure as code tool to deploy it, um, which is nice. 
Um, I'm missing CloudWatch events integration, so there are no CloudWatch events from AWS Backup at the moment. And um, it's also not in AWS Config, so you cannot uh, use AWS Config to track if AWS Backup is enabled or not. I mean, I think that's would be valuable for compliance reasons to make sure that uh, the resources are in AWS Backup. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's it's missing, so um, still something that could be, I think, added uh, in the in the next uh, in in the near future. Um, also, it's not available in all commercial regions, so um, check out the region table before you try to use it because it is possible that it's not available if you are using a one of the more uh, the smaller regions. And I think okay in terms of uh, the IAM policies, we have resource level uh, permission support uh, with uh, AWS Backup. Uh, we don't have um, tag based conditions. And we have those um, resource uh, policies that I talked about at the beginning. So those are the, the options at the moment uh, to, to ensure that uh, not everyone can, can delete vaults, for example. So I think that's kind of, uh, it's, it's okay. It could be better uh, with, with tech-based uh, conditions. But yeah. So overall, um, if we just uh, kind of sum the scores and then uh, create the average value, I calculated a maturity score of 5.6 which actually kind of reflects reality. So AWS Backup is kind of, I mean, it's not completely useless and it's not completely, uh, it's not complete. So it's somewhere in the middle. Um, and that's kind of what the score also pro, uh, tells us. So I think that's a, a good way of calculating maturity of services. And I hope we can do this for more services in the future. Yeah. So what else is important uh, about AWS Refuse? How would you summarize your review? Yeah, so I I think AWS Backup is not yet the universal tool to create backups of everything in a magic way. I thought that's kind of the goal, I think, but it's not yet there. Um, it works fine for the supported services. So I used it for DynamoDB, EFS, and EBS, and it, it, was, it was working perfectly fine. I integrated it into our open source templates. So all of the templates now come with, with backups if they are using DynamoDB, EFS, or, um, or EBS. So that was actually pretty, pretty easy to do. Um, for EFS, um, basically, you have to use AWS Backup. So there's no, I mean, there's no satisfactory alternative. I mean, you can come up with your own solution, but there's no other solution from AWS managed by AWS. Um, you should definitely keep in mind the consistency guarantees. That's not really related to AWS Backup. That's related to the nature of how the services work. Um, and then I'm not quite sure how we can integrate AWS Backup into CloudFormation if you use EFS because we cannot restore file system from a backup. Um, I think that's a, a missing piece here. Um, yeah, and then keep in mind that the cold storage only works with EFS backups. So I talked to a few people and they were all very excited about saving costs uh, for backups. And it turns out they can't because the cold storage only works for EFS. So if you have a lot of RDS um, workloads, this will not help you. Yeah, so um, in summary, um, I think I like the idea of AWS Backup being the single point uh, where you can configure and monitor backups, so that makes it easier. Um, and, and we should definitely check out uh, or follow the announcements from AWS to see how the service evolves. Wow, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. So thanks, Michael, for reviewing AWS Backup for me. Um, this was very interesting. Uh, I'm already using your templates, um, so looking forward to... Uh, have one way to back up all data sources in the future. Yeah, thanks. So I think it's uh, time for us to uh, say goodbye to our listeners. So this was the first episode of our new podcast. 
the next episode will be available in two weeks. Um, we don't know the topic yet, but um, I'm certain that Andreas will come up with an interesting topic for me. Uh, and and feel free uh, to share the podcast with you with your colleagues in the meantime. Thank you for listening. Yes, thanks for listening. Bye, Andreas. Bye.